Hello, my name is Gary Justice, and this is the University of Pikeville Men's Basketball Podcast. In today's episode, I was able to sit down with the head coach, Ty Compton, as he talks about his journey to the University of Pikeville, recruiting successful players, and playing in the Mid-South Conference, and how it helps prepare to compete on the national level. So let's get started. Coach Compton, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Gary. How are you? I am doing doing better since I get a chance to, to chat with you this morning. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but we'll uh, we'll run with it anyway. Well, Coach Compton, this is our first episode of the University of Pikeville Men's Basketball Podcast. Kind of exciting times. Absolutely. No, this is a, this is something that um, very excited about getting started. You know, podcasts are a big part of my daily routine, and uh, you know, excited to bring, um, you know, information and knowledge about UPike basketball to, to the public via podcast. Well, Coach, tell us about your journey to the University of Pikeville. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's a long and winding road even to get here. Um, you know, we I, I'm from Grundy originally, graduated from Grundy Senior High School and, and um, initially went to Kentucky Christian University to uh, – try to play football a little bit. And uh, Coach Dane Dameron, who is now the head coach at the University of Virginia Wise, was um, really the first collegiate coaching figure that I was ever lucky enough to be around. And um, did a great job there uh, in, the, in the short time that I was there around it. You know, I decided that really wasn't what I wanted to do and went back home to, uh, to a community college there close to, to Grundy and got my associate's degree and kind of along the way decided that, Coaching in college was something that I wanted to try to pursue, and, and I was lucky enough while I was home to to be able to be an assistant with our middle school team, with our junior varsity team back home. And uh, once I came to Pikeville, I, I was able to meet with Coach Wells and just kind of volunteer myself to get in some sort of position with with our program here and a volunteer capacity while I was a student. And uh, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. Just kind of stuck around and never left, and, and was able to to work my way up the chain that way and and am lucky enough to be able to lead the program today. So coach um the the route you took, you know, you, you coach in middle school basketball uh, and then you come to the University of Pikeville as a student volunteer time which has now led you to become the the University of Pikeville uh, head basketball coach one of the top programs in the country. Talk about those coaching beginnings of how it laid that foundation for you to be appreciative of all roles throughout the coaching staff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I, I've been lucky enough to have uh, have touched every role that we currently have within our staff, um, within our program. You know, I, I was like I said, I was an unpaid volunteer student assistant and became a part-time student assistant and, and spent some time as a graduate assistant before – uh, moving into a full-time role, then to the associate head coach's role, and now the head coaching role. So um, just, just having the ability to be in each of those positions and kind of understand, uh, especially here at our university, um, how each of those roles can really impact the program and, and you know what is the best way to impact the program and have an impact on the community and, and campus community from each of those roles uh, really gives me the ability to kind of uh, break down and explain to the people that currently fill those roles kind of what the expectation is and how they can can better find a way to have an impact on our program and on our campus. So um, very, very 
uh, excited and, and thankful to have been able to, to serve in so many different capacities here and uh, obviously extremely thankful to be able to lead the program well, we're uh, there currently. Very excited about what you're going to do for the program, what you've done in the past, been very successful every step of the way since you've been a part of the University of Pikeville basketball program and definitely very excited about the future as well. Describe the basketball program at the University of Pikeville, Coach. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it, from, from the inside looking out, you know, we, we, we really pride ourselves on trying to do things the right way, trying to have good people doing the right things um, the majority of the time. You know, obviously we all fall short in some capacities at times, but um, over the years, you know, the program's kind of transformed a little bit from uh, a program that was trying to make its name and trying to kind of break through to that national scene to a program that now carries extremely high expectations and the expectation is to be relevant and competitive uh, on a championship level, not only in the Mid-South Conference, but nationally every year. And, and that expectation has not always been been part of the program in the, in the 10, 11, 12 years that I've been here. Uh, that was always our internal expectation. That was always what we held ourselves to, the standard that we created within the program. But, you know, I, I don't think the public's expectation was always always there with us. But, um, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on trying to find guys that uh, embody more than just the basketball piece at this point. You know, in our program, we, uh, you know, obviously uh, to be successful, you have to have a certain baseline of talent. And, and I think that, you know, the talent evaluation piece is something that, uh, comes most natural to our coaching staff in terms of just being able to to look at kids and, and decide whether or not they're going to be able to have an impact within what we do within our competitive structure of the Mid-South Conference. And um, the, 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 real, the real piece and the real telling piece is, is how do they fit into what we're going to hold them accountable to every day and, and how do they fit into the campus life, how do they fit into uh, the culture of Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, a lot of these guys come from, from bigger cities and from places that are, are much different than – the, the dynamic that they're entering here in Eastern Kentucky. So how, how do they fit into those kinds of things? And um, just trying to, trying to find guys that I guess, you know, most um, mostly satisfy all the requirements of, of not only being a good basketball player, but a good all around um, addition to the university of Pikeville. And, and those guys make up the program, you know um, what those guys are able to do, how those guys react daily, how those guys handle themselves on and off the floor. Uh, you know, that is what our program is. You know, we, we want those guys to be the walking billboard for our program. We want those guys to be able to to uh, exude what our program represents. You know, we, we talk about bear culture a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm a Miami Heat fan and, and have always kind of latched on to that heat culture. And, and we kind of recreated that to what can, can maybe fit within our parameters here at U-Pike and, and came up with bear culture. And, um, you know, we, we break it down into four different pieces, you know, very vague, but very four specific pieces of, of uh, you know, we, we show up, we make no excuses, we keep our promises, and we appreciate all that we have. And, and that's kind of the, the where we start with our guys from a culture perspective at the beginning of the year, uh, just trying to create consistency and appreciation um, and expectation of, of always following through with what you say you're going to do and, um, you know, maybe under-promise and over-deliver at times at, at worst, never, never the other way, and uh, that we're always going to be present, showing up is half the battle, you know, whether that be in class, whether that be to practice, whether that be to the games, you know, being there, being present, being your best self in that moment is very important. And, and you know, we're never going to make excuses as to, to why, why or why not uh, we were able to find success. So just trying to instill those four things into our guys and, um, you know, trying to, to find ways to, to have that 
basic barrel culture mentality impact them not only on the basketball floor but off the floor as well is is always our first initial challenge and the the more successful we are, we are with that the the better you know the the basketball product overall at UPI. Well, coach, I have two more questions regarding recruiting, but before we get to those recruitment questions, um, tell us a little bit about your staff. Yeah, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be able to retain everybody that I was working with as an assistant coach when Coach Wells was the head coach. You know, I was able to to elevate Evan Faulkner to um, associate head coach. I was able to move. Sydney Chris from graduate assistant up to an assistant coach and, and dual operations type responsibilities with our program and the women's program. And I was able to keep Mac, uh, Matthew Geis on as the graduate assistant who had served his first year with Coach Wells. And, and we've been able to add an unbelievable addition as well to the, to the graduate assistant staff and, and Herb McGee. Um, he played for former U-Pike assistant, uh, Pikeville College assistant Richie Riley uh, for three years at South Alabama. And just finished up this past year and, and was wanting to get into coaching. So uh, Richie reached out and, and we got into some communication with Herb and was able to get him up here and, and add him to our staff too. And, and those guys, uh, you know, maybe I'm biased. I'm sure every coach says this, but, but you know, I, I think I've got the best guys in the, in the country in, in terms of just their dedication, in terms of their willingness to sacrifice for our guys and, and for our, our program and, and to do the right thing and to put the best possible product that we can get out there. Those guys work tireless hours in terms of preparation and scouting reports and academics and um, just regular everyday practice planning. You know, those guys are heavily involved every day in our breakdowns. They, they each coach a team and, and practice and, and they're heavily involved in any sort of live segments that we do. They're heavily involved in all the recruiting aspects of everything that we do. So, you know, we kind of take an all hands on deck approach and, and we don't try to box people in too much in, in terms of what their roles and responsibilities are. We want to try to, to make sure everybody's growing. Uh, you know, I, I think I kind of have a responsibility as a head coach and I know coach Wells uh, was fantastic in this area as his coaching tree uh, proves, but, you know, especially in, and in my impact as, as a growing coach, you know, he, he really never tried to box me into a situation and wanted me to try to continue to grow and just become the best overall coach that I can be. And, and I've kind of taken on that responsibility as well and, and want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I possibly can to put those guys in positions to, um, you know, kind of touch every single thing in a program and grow as much as they possibly can during their time here uh, as an assistant coach and, and make them the best coaches that they can possibly be moving forward. You know, forward. I definitely probably had to help your transition of going from an associate head coach to the head coach, having a staff that you're very familiar with and working with in the past. And, and also it shows the impression that those guys have made on you working with them to move them on up and be a part of your full-time staff as well, too. So they've been a part of a lot of success with you. And I know in the future, a lot more success is going to be coming to the UPOC Bears basketball program. For, for sure. You know, just being knowing that, that you can go into work every day and trust those guys that you work with to, to give them your best. And, and maybe, you know, it, it may make their their day a little tougher, but knowing that they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that, that the program is in the best hands that it can possibly be and is moving in the best direction that we can possibly get it moving is, is definitely assuring. And, um, you know, those guys are, are not only just coworkers, you know, they, they, they're guys that we spend hours and hours and hours every single day and, and road trips and everything else with. So those guys are, are my closest friends in, in the world as well. You know, the, we're, we're more than coworkers, we're friends, we're family. And, and uh, 
you know, we, we try to approach it that way and, and respect each other in, in that way and, and uh, you know, give everything we've got for each other just, you know, because well, of Coach, that. I do have two recruiting questions for you. Um, the first question I have is this, describe the recruiting process and then the follow-up to that is going to be when you're recruiting players, what do you look for in successful players? Yeah, you know, the recruiting process is always different. You know, it was much different this past year than it has been in the years past. And and you talked about the continuity of our staff being a major impact, and, and it has been because we, we brought in 12 new players this year, and really the only continuity that we had uh, during the, uh, you know, during the quarantine of the pandemic during the summer months was the continuity of our staff. And, and you know, even though we were all kind of stepping into new roles, having those guys back and, and having a, an understanding from a staff perspective of what was needed and what was expected was, was huge just because we knew we faced uh, a massive roster rebuild. Uh, and, and honestly, if we had to do a staff rebuild as well, it would have, it would have maybe been too much for us to handle. So, uh, but recruiting has been different. Recruiting during the pandemic is certainly different than, than recruiting outside of a pandemic. Normally we would be out in the summer watching, uh, different events, whether it be high school events or junior college events, and we would have people visiting campus and, and doing different things. And this past year was different. You know, we, we faced a, a situation where we needed 12 new players and, um, you know, we really couldn't couldn't go out and watch anybody. We couldn't have people on campus. You know, travel was was uh, frowned upon and and uh, we kind of had to rely on our contacts and we had to rely on film and, and we had to rely on uh, just about anything and everything we could possibly get our eyes on in terms of evaluating a player or uh, making sure that we got, you know, those players in front of people maybe locally that we knew and respected in their area and, and maybe they could take a look at them and let us know what they thought and, and have opinions that, that we trusted. So um, it, it's certainly certainly challenging, certainly different, you know, with the, the NAI granting everyone another year of eligibility and, and kind of letting this COVID year just be an extra year. Hopefully we don't have to go through such a roster turnover next year and we can kind of come in and um, build upon the foundation that we were able to lay this year uh, versus having to teach every single player, basically every single thing uh, brand new from the ground up. You know, even, you know, even the guys that returned, Jordan Perry, Corbin Spencer, and, and Sheikh Nadai, uh, all three of which at, at point in times this year have missed time due to injury. And, and we've really missed their veteran presence in those moments. And, um, but even, even the things that we're doing this year compared to what we've done past in the past with Coach Wells, uh, has been different. So um, even those guys that were returning, while they had the relationship and, and kind of understood um, how we were going to coach them, uh, the things that we were coaching them to do was were still, you know, a little bit different on, on both sides of the ball uh, at times. So it's been a total learning curve for everybody. And, and I think I think once we get uh, some continuity back into the program and uh, are able to to build upon the initial things that we were able to work on this year, I think we'll be in a great spot. But, you know, you also asked about what, what makes up a, a Bears basketball recruit. And, um, you know, that, that also varies. You know, obviously our, our goal is to always go out and try to find um, the talent that we need. That's first and foremost. The, the, the number one thing that gets us in the door is, is do we feel like your, your talent will allow you to have the impact that we need you to have in the position we're recruiting you for? Uh, and then we start looking for the intangibles. You know, what kind of student are you? What kind of past have you had? What do your coaches say about you? What do your teachers say about you? What do your, um, you know, AAU coaches that, that spend time with you in the summer say about you? What do, you know, do we know anybody that, that has played with you in the past or has 
came from the same place that you're coming from that we can kind of talk to and compare experiences with and, um, you know, just a little bit of everything. We want to make sure that we, we do as much homework as we possibly can beforehand. We're as open and honest about what we're looking for in, in terms of roles and responsibilities and, and what the expectation is going to be here and uh, what kind of situation they're coming into, the dynamics of the culture and, and uh, you know, different things. And, and we make sure that they totally understand the entire package before before we bring them here and, and, and you know, spring something on them. You know, we, we don't want it to be a surprise. We want to work through everything that could possibly be an issue beforehand. So then once they get here, we can just totally be focused on business and, and get down to, to the ultimate goal that, that we all have, and that's winning the championship. But, you know, we kind of break it up into – difference makers winners and and losers you know we we kind of categorize all three into those categories or people into those categories and you know difference makers we kind of feel the guys that could potentially be an all-conference player or or an all-american and really really exceed in their role and be one of the more talented guys on the floor every single time they step out and uh, you know winners are guys that do everything well they're going to do all the things you need them to do to contribute to winning and having a winning program they're going to be successful maybe they they have an upward trajectory where you think maybe they could become a difference maker with with a couple of years of work or maybe they just change something slightly here or there or maybe find their way to be more productive on the defensive end and they can become a real difference maker instead of just being a winner and and the guys that we try to stay away from in, in the evaluation process are guys that that, you know, for lack of a better term, we put into a loser category. And, and those guys can be some of the most talented guys that we recruit. Uh, it's just they're just talented enough to get you beat. You know, they're not accountable for their own actions. They're not reliable. Maybe maybe they have the highest shooting percentage of everyone that we're, we're recruiting. Maybe they average 20 points a game and they've played in a major conference at, at the Division One level, whatever that might be. And, and honestly, we just evaluate those guys that if they're not willing to do the other things for us well to represent us the way we want to be represented – uh, on campus, within our program and our community, if we're not going to be able to rely on them to come in and work hard every single day, if we're not going to be able to to hold them accountable and coach them the way that we need to coach them, um, you know, they fall into that category that they're just going to be good enough to get us beat because we're not going to be able to rely on them in big moments. So we, we try to break everybody up into those three segments. And and uh, obviously we try to come out with with as many difference makers and winners as we possibly can. So there are definitely more to the recruiting process and the evaluation of a player besides how many points or how many rebounds or how many assists they have. It's a whole player. It's a whole person of focus, isn't it, Coach? Absolutely. No, for sure. And and, and not everybody operates that way. And, and, you know, this way isn't the only way, and it's certainly not the only right way, and it may not be right for other people. But it's been right for us, and it's right for me, and – uh, you know, it, it's the kind of people that our staff wants to surround ourselves with. And, and we want to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with the most complete person and, and complete player that we possibly can. And, and uh, you know, it, it's got to be more, more than wins and losses when you're talking to guys about how you're going to impact their future, how you're going to help them reach their goals, how you're going to help them become better people and better players. And uh, it's, got to, it's got to go beyond the box score a little bit. And uh, we work really hard to try to find the guys that, that are interested and becoming uh, a better overall version of themselves, not just a better player. And that, that obviously is a little more tedious than just going out and finding the best talent that we possibly can find and trying to sign them up and, and go from there and try to piece it together as we go. Um, you know, we, we plenty of people do that, and plenty of people have success doing that, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing it that way. But uh, just for us and our situation here and, and the way that we want to try to impact uh, young men's lives, that that's just – you know, we, we have to dig a little deeper and we have to find 
um, find a little bit more of a, of a complete player that's interested in, in not just becoming a better player, but also trying to become a better player or person. And, and you know, the, um, the, the, the word team T E A M is basically an acronym together. Everyone achieves more. And I think if you get that player, it comes apart, be a part of your program. who brings that team aspect and plays that role, whether it be a practice player or the main star on the team scoring the points or the rebounder or the defensive guy, if they buy into that role and take care of their business in the classroom as well too, not only does the team be successful, but the university is successful as well. For sure. You know, you, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but but somewhere I, I remember reading a co- quote about leadership and leadership basically being at times being able to take a group of people and have them do things they don't want to do and like it. And uh, a lot of times that's what we're dealing with, with 18, 19, 20, 21 year old student athletes. It's really hard to get them to focus on us and not just the me part. And, you know, everyone's wanting to, to become a great player. Everyone wants to be the best player. Everyone wants all the opportunity. And um, a lot of the guys that we recruit have never had a situation where they weren't the best player on their team or, uh, didn't have the opportunity that, that they needed to be successful and didn't have to really fight through adversity because they were always the most talented player around. And and trying to take those guys from that situation to filling a role within a team for the betterment of the team uh, really is, is, is just like trying to take a guy uh, and make him do something he doesn't want to do and, and make him like it and enjoy it. And you know, it, it takes it takes time for, for some guys to see the bigger picture. It takes time for, for guys to find out how can they best be successful in the role that you're trying to get them to play and uh, what kind of role is that for this team. You know, everyone's role is changing. And, you know, uh, as you get better as a player, as you become better in the current role that you have, um, there's nothing to say that your role may not change as we go and you may not be able to expand and Maybe next year your role is something totally different. You step into a different role, and we have to find somebody to replace and do the things well that you were doing in the previous role that you had. So uh, it's just ever-changing and, and really getting those guys to buy into trying to do what's best for the program and what's best for the team and getting them more, more than anything, getting them the trust that all the decisions that I make are for the best uh, interests of UPike and UPike basketball and and getting them to the point to understand that no one's out to get them, no one's trying to make it tough on them. They're not necessarily getting the short end of the stick, but you know, for for our program to be the best it can possibly be, this is the way we need it to go. And and uh, you know, earning their trust, earning their respect, and and trying to get them to understand that is is a huge part of it. You know, getting them together again. That's where the chemistry and cohesion comes in. With with so many new guys that had no prior relationship to each other, had no prior relationship to any of our staff. Um, just getting those guys to come in and and let their guards down, allow us to coach them hard, trust that we're making the best decision for the program, and also to get them to care for one another. You know, I think that over the last two or three weeks, that's been a huge, huge point of growth for our program now and our team now is that some of those guards are getting let down and uh, they're starting to care about each other more and they're starting to play for one another more, not just with one another. And And I think that makes a huge difference. And if we can continue on that, trajectory then i think we could potentially have something special down the road well i know the recruiting process is is key for your program because now i like to kind of jump into the conference the mid-south conference and you have to have talented players players who are going to be willing to to buy into that team role that you just described last few minutes and uh, so the mid-south conference at the nai level probably one of the toughest 
if not the toughest, it's definitely in the top three in the entire country. So, Coach, talk about playing in in an extremely challenging conference. How does it help prepare your team to compete at that national level that you talked about earlier that you're wanting to compete at? Yeah, you know, it's always been that way. The Mid-South has always, since I've been a part of it, over a decade has has always been one of the premier conferences at our level on a national level. Um, And, you know, this year's no different. You know, I think this is maybe one of the deepest. We added three new teams. This is this is maybe one of the deepest years that, that we've ever encountered in the Mid-South Conference. There's just absolutely no uh, gimmies at all. You're always into a, a, a big-time matchup every single night, every Thursday, Saturday. Um, you just cannot take a single night off and, and think that you're going to get a win. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge every single time you step out on the floor. And, you know, the NAIs faced some changes uh, over the past year, and you know, RPI and strength of schedule is something that they are now calculating at our level that they never have before with the, the combination of NAI Division One and Division Two and a much larger uh, one NAI division. You know, they needed a way to to kind of uh, help with the rankings, to kind of help with the, the national tournament selection. So they, they instituted RPI, they instituted strength of schedule. Both of those things are used at, at uh, different levels already. And, um, you know, they, they just released the first one on January the 14th. And, and this year is a really tough year to roll something like that out just because of the, the indiscrepancies with schedules and makeups and whether you're going to be able to do it or not, or, or is it postponed? Is it canceled? Uh, there's just so many different factors to, to factor in there. But in the first, in the first RPI and strength of schedule rating that they put out on January the 14th, uh, there were eight Mid-South Conference teams in the top 51 of all teams nationally ranked in, in RPI. And, and I believe 17 of those 51 teams had played fewer than five games that were in front of, of, of some of those Mid-South Conference teams. So, you know, and, and the same was for strength of schedule. I think we came in at, at 21st in the first strength of schedule rating in the country, and 14 of the 20 teams in front of us had played fewer than five games. So, um, you know, not only did we challenge ourselves a little more out of conference, but you know, I think the power and strength of our conference is coming through in some of those some of those rating metrics. And um, when you're recruiting to that kind of a, of a league, you know, you you really can't skip out on talent. You can't skip out on team building. You can't skip out on any of those things because you just know that um, very few programs in our league are good for a year or two, and then bad for three or four years, and then good for a year or two. It's a it's a year after year after year thing. And and most teams reload. They don't rebuild. And um, you you just know that you don't have the luxury of, of, you know, being able to try to get your bearings for a year or two uh, before your team reaches its maximum potential. You've got to be able to put a, a program and a, and a product out on the floor every single year that's going to be competitive. And and if you don't, you can be embarrassed very quickly in the Mid-South Conference. So, Coach, we, uh, we're we recording this on January the, the 27th uh, before your, uh, you got Campbellsville and Georgetown later this week. But let's, you want, your team has won three of four. Uh, you, you beat Lindsey Wilson on January the 14th. Uh, then you traveled uh, as at Lindsey Wilson on January the 18th. You traveled and they picked up the Lindsey Wilson as a 72-58 victory. January the 18th, you play at Life in Mariana, Georgia. Um, lost that one 74-69. That was on a Monday. But on January the 21st, Life came to Pikeville. He picked up a victory 91-74. And then Saturday, January 23rd, you beat the 16th ranked Martin Methodist Redhawks beat them 84-71. Uh, 
So your team was one three of four in the Mid South Conference, Coach. What was uh, some of the keys to the victories and this, this run of three of four, Coach? For, for sure, no, I, you know, and and we've, you know, the Martin Methodist game was our second win over a top twenty team this year, and um, one of those being on the road and and winning three of our last four. We we dropped the game at Live, a game that we were winning late, and uh, just kind of kind of let it slip away from us and. Um, you know, we we were eight and eight overall. We're six and seven in the league at this point, and four of our seven Mid South Conference losses have been by five points or less. Um, you know, three or four of those have been on the road. I, th- I think so. You know, we we've just we've had a tough time, especially early. Um, our, our guys had a tough time understanding what it really took to close out those games and, and how hard it was going to be to compete in those games on the road and just against the conference as, as a whole. Again, we didn't have a whole lot of guys coming back and. You know, you can try to prepare your team as best you possibly can, but until they are smacked in the face with the talent that they're going to have to, to face every single night in the Mid-South Conference, it, it really takes a game or two for those guys to wake up and understand that that regardless of where they came from, they're going to be challenged every single night that they play in the conference. So um, it, it took us a little while to learn that, to learn um, what kind of focus and execution and energy and effort was, was going to be necessary for us to compete in those games, not not just win those games, but compete in those games. And and the same goes for our staff. You know, obviously, um, I, I've had my hands on a lot of different aspects of our program, but but coaching the team on game days, uh, you know, being able to stand up and walk the sideline on game days is something that's new to me this year. So I'm I'm learning myself as this year goes as well. And um, you know, learning learning what works, learning what doesn't work, learning uh, every day about what kind of leader that I need to be, what kind of leader I want to be, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, and, and everybody kind of has a plan when they step into a new job or a new position or, or whatever. And, and, you know, the, the plans rarely work out exactly the way you want them to work. So just trying to, trying to get my bearings a little bit on the sideline as well and, and figure out what buttons to push with, with all the new guys that we have is – has been a learning experience for all of us. And, and I think we're, we're starting to figure that out a little bit. Like I said earlier, I think they're starting to play together more. They're starting to work harder for one another, not just with one another and uh, starting to let their guard down a little bit with, with our staff and, and with one another and, and becoming a little, little more coachable and, and allowing us to coach them hard and, and really taking what we say to heart. So I, I think, I think that we're making the progress that we need. I think we're, we're growing in the direction that we need to grow and, uh, couldn't be more proud of the guys that we go out there with every single day. But, um, you know, I, I think it really is just an understanding of what they're getting themselves into every single night in Mid-South Conference play. I think that's the biggest thing that's led to a little more success for us over the past um, past few weeks is just just understanding that, that they're not going to be able to come out and, and coast and they can't come out and wait to see how the game starts and what they're going to have to give to, to win. They're going to have to come out and bring their best every single night and – um, you know, I think we challenged that uh, a few times early in the year, and we thought maybe that that we could give a little less than what was required, and still still rely on talent, maybe like they had in the past. And and I think uh, I think as the seasons went, they've they've learned that that's not an option. That they've got to give everything that they've got. <clears throat> so, coach, you talk, um, you know, and I think your team is coming together at the right time. You know, this is it's a different year for everybody. You know that you talked. You talked about the conference. Uh, you have many pre uh, your pre conference schedule. Normally, you'll have anywhere from eight to ten games to kind of get the rotations down. Players get used to playing with each other. It's just a different year. Again, I know it's for every team, but I think now with you and your staff and the coaches, I mean that the players are starting to come together. 
and you won three or four in the mid south. Um, you know, it's an exciting time. But now you can have a challenging week this week, though, too, coach. You got to go on the road to Campbellsville, who's always a tough. It's a tough place to play, and then you turn around on Saturday and you're heading down to to Georgetown to play uh, the Tigers. Talk a little bit about this week coming up, challenging road week for you. For sure, no question. You know, like I said earlier, there's no there's no off nights. You know, we're we're going to be challenged each and every night, and and we're going to have to play really really well to come out with with any victory in the Mid South Conference, much less road victories. But you know, we have a big five game stretch. You know, just looking ahead a little bit past this week, obviously, but we've you know we've got four of the top four teams in the league. You know, we have Georgetown, Shawnee, Cumberlands, and and Thomas Moore, and, and after the Campbellsville game Thursday, so. Um, you know, we have a huge five-game stretch. Starts Thursday at Campbellsville and uh, was a very competitive, very close game when they came here and played us earlier in the year in Pikeville. And, and I wouldn't expect it to be anything other than that uh, going down there. Hopefully we can play our best, um, you know, and, and come away with a, a victory and, and try to take it one game at a time. But but obviously the, the stretch that we're in right now in our season is, is a huge stretch for us just because we're competing against the top of the league over the next couple of weeks. And, and uh you know, we've just got to do do what we need to do each and every day to, to try to win the day, and, and that's something that we focus on and practice every drill, every day. Uh, you know, before we, we start a competitive drill in practice, we we spend a, an extra five or ten seconds just reiterating what it's going to take to win, and, and are we competing against our best, or are we just going to try to coast by, and are we going to try to win the day? And it's impossible to win the day if we don't win the drill, and and you know, it's impossible to, to reach the goals that we want to reach if we don't just win it one game at a time. So all our focus is on Thursday at Campbellsville and, and trying to come out with the win there. They're very, very talented and um, have been, you know, in a little bit of a tough stretch right now in terms of wins and losses, but they've been extremely competitive in, in all their games and their talent is, is undeniable. You know, they're just, a, 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 you know, very, very close to figuring it out and, and hungry for a win and, and, you know, a very dangerous situation to try to be stepping into on Thursday. But, um, you know, again, like you talked about with the non-conference games, you know, that that's a huge difference in the season. You know, we, we were discussing it in the office yesterday. Uh, we're, we're currently eight and eight, six and seven in the league. And, you know, we, we've already won the same amount of conference games that we won last year. We finished six and 10 in the conference last year and 20 and 10 overall. And, um, you know, two of the three non-conference games that we played this year came um, just before Christmas break, or our last two games before Christmas break. So it wasn't even like we got those games early in the year before we got into conference play uh, to try to get some things ironed out and try to get some rotation worked on. We played the opening game against Rio Grande here, a non-conference win for us. And then, you know, we were off 27 days before we played our next game, which happened to be Mid-South Conference competition. So we just didn't, you know, with a new team and, and a new staff at different roles, um, it, it was it was a challenge, obviously, to try to get everyone on the right page. You know, you're missing days for quarantine. You're missing days for, for contact tracing and different things. And, and we just – it was really hard early in the year to try to find a groove to get everyone on the same page. And, you know, we've been able to do that over the last little bit, especially since Christmas break. Uh, we've been able to to kind of hit the floor running and, and try to build on it and have a little continuity. And, and I think the results are showing here uh, over the last few weeks. We just got to work really hard to keep it going. So, Coach, you talk about, the, you know, you're, I know your overall record is 8-8 eight and 6-7 eight and six and seven in the league. And I know you do a lot of look at analytics and, you, and you're looking at film. And your review of the team, 
what are the keys for the Bears to be successful? In those eight wins, what did you see that the Bears did that were sick? Your team was successful. Yeah, it's it's all on the defensive end. Um, you know, offensively, we've been fairly consistent the entire season. We've we've been, you know, either leading the league or or top two or three in the league in field goal percentage and three point field goal percentage, and and we're top half of the league in, in three pointers made a game. And um, you know, we've been shooting it better from the free throw line here lately, and and we really we average you know maybe only twelve or thirteen turnovers, and and we're trying to play fast, so that's pretty good for for what we're doing. Um, it really just boils down to the defensive end. You know, our offense, you know, I feel like we did a great job recruiting offensive players that, that scoring the basketball and, and knowing how to play offensively comes natural to them. And, and they just had to really make a concerted effort and, and lock into being better defenders and better team defenders. And, and I think that's, that's been where our biggest growth is, has, has came over the last couple of weeks is just our willingness to buy into what we're trying to do defensively as a team, what we're asking them to do. Um, each and every day in practice and each every game uh, on the floor defensively from a team perspective. I think they've taken more, taken more pride in their individual defense. I think they've all become uh, better defenders, at least more knowledgeable about their defensive effort and, and shortcomings at times. And, and, again, it just goes back to, to where they've reached a point, I think, where our guys are really caring for one another, really playing for each other and, and not just playing with each other as a teammate anymore. They're playing for one another. They want, they don't want to let each other down. So um, their energy, their effort, their execution on the defensive end is picked up just because they understand that that their individual defense can make or break our team defense. And and you know if they if they break our team defense with a poor individual effort, uh, you know they're not just letting themselves down. They're not just letting their staff down, but they're letting their teammates down. The same guys that go through every single day of practice with them and every drill with them, and and that kind of thing. So I I just think that becoming more aware on the defensive end of where we need to be improved, and and really giving the energy and effort required every single day to to come out and be a better defensive team. Um, it, our success is moving forward is is going to rely on the defensive end. If we can come out and compete defensively. Um, you know, I think that their offense will give us a chance on most nights. Well, Coach, I've had an opportunity to watch all 16 games, whether it be live or uh, on a stream from another school. And I can tell you that the team has grown. Uh, the team is getting better. Compliments to you and your staff. And, of course, I think it tells three or four. Uh, like you said, that life had that lead late there. Life played really well in the last couple of minutes to, to pull out that victory, though. But the thing about it is the team is growing. Guys are binding to the roles, and um, I'm excited to see this, you know, the second half of the season coming up for the Bears. And I know you got a challenging the next, well, of course, any night in the Mid South is going to be challenging, but definitely this week, and, you know, these two road games, Campbellsville, Georgetown, then you, the next road game going to Shawnee State, ranked, you know, seventh in the country. Uh, so we want to wish you guys the best of luck, and hopefully, our next podcast next week, we're talking about three victories. Absolutely. No, I, I think, you know, it's a testament to the, the way our guys have really bought into what we're trying to get them to do and uh, the energy and the effort that they're putting in. You know, they, they, they're the ones that win, win the games for us. You know, their, their ability to go out and carry out a game plan, their ability to go out and, and um, just play loose, play free, and play confident is, is going to win games for us. And uh, they've really bought into that, and they've really, really taken that to a, another level over the last couple of weeks. And it, and it helps. We've had injury issues as well. I know that's – Again, we go back to not making excuses, but, you know, we've got four guys averaging double figures on the year, and all four of those guys have missed 
you know, significant time at some point in time. So um, some of them still missing time. So, um, you know, when we can get our, our, our full roster, full allotment of talent out there, I feel really good about it. Um, you know, hopefully we can, we can see a little bit more of that moving forward and um, hopefully find some success over the next, uh, next couple of weeks and, and find ourselves in a good position going down the stretch. Well, Coach, definitely appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck at Campbellsville and Georgetown. I'll follow up with you next week. Awesome, Gary. Thank you very much.